this is fucking We're good. To your student life. <laughs> Ram Hi everyone, my name is Cynthia. On Monday the 3rd of April, there was an unveiling of the traveling sculpture, the angel, <laughs> the knife angel, the 27 foot tall knife angel was unveiled at the city park in Bradford. Its purpose is to be an educational tool to raise awareness of knife crime and violence in the city. It has previously been displayed in Liverpool, Coventry, Hall, Bermier, Middlesbrough, and now in Bradford. This knife angel was made out of 100,000 blunted knives and blades that were either taken off the street uh, or used in crimes. Some of these blades have the names of the victims engraved on it, written by friends and families. The knife angel was created by Alfie Bradley. And of course, in the studio with me, I've got Alessa, Michelle, and um, James to talk about the idea behind this and why the angel has decided to visit us in Bradford. I would introduce each and everyone. Alessa Goldman is a professor of molecular biology from the Faculty of Life Sciences in the University of Bradford, also the director of local activity partnerships in the university till date. How are you oh, doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. So good to have you. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> also, this is what I do when I'm trying to celebrate someone. <laughs> Michelle Buchan is in the studio. She's a team manager at the Bradford and District Youth Justice Service. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm really good, thank you. Thank Yay! Exciting stuff. Yes. And James Preston is in the studio. He's from the West Yorkshire Police. Um, great to have you in the studio. Thank you for having me. So we're just going to have a normal discussion. I, I know we already started bits about it. And um, James and I were having a conversation at the unveiling the other day. And we, I was asking you, why do people... Have, see the need to go move around with knives what do you think um well the decision why people do that is varying and it shifts over time it can be linked to um being fearful themselves of being a victim of of knife crime and maybe they've had some threats it can be because they're linked to uh have a gang affiliation hmm. um and you know the, the list can go on there but um what I'd say in Bradford, um, and just generally from my experience as a police officer, I've got quite a varied uh, um, experience to draw from in the fact that I've worked uh, neighbourhood teams, patrol teams, I've covered gem Gemlock, which is a specific uh, weapon uh, targeted initiative, um, and more recently um, I work on the, the schools and higher education team, mm. um, which includes the university here, so I work <laughs> on campus. Um, at the moment, actually, in as a sergeant, so I'm overseeing lots of investigations. And, and the vast majority, when we're talking about young people, mm. tends to be males. And the, it's very rare that it's someone that's arming to go out to commit an offence. It mm. tends to be the vast majority scared young people. Wow. And, um, and it's not a, a big problem from what I've seen in Bradford, but just one person getting an injury from a knife-related incident is enough to, to warrant an, the knife angel being in Bradford for me. Mm -hmm. um, why do you, I'm going to also ask general yeah. questions. Why do you think, why do you think people actually move around with knives? Uh, I think they do it out of insecurity, really, uh, mm. as we were hearing, but also 
there's something of a fashion about it, I guess, if, if your friends are doing it, if, if whether you're in a gang oh. or, or just a friendship group, it, I'm sure it becomes a bit of a status symbol and something that you feel you have to do to be part of that group. Millennials. Uh, Michelle, why do, you, why do you also think that guys walk around with knives? Yeah, I think very much what um, you know what James and Alistair have said. Really, I think ultimately it's um, you know it's a bit of a pretense. It's a you know it's a self arming thing potentially for any problems they're going to receive or you know come into. I think I think sometimes it, you know ultimately we're trying to provide education to you know to to solve problems other than using violence, and ultimately you know if you only need to listen to popular culture music to film you know it's all about getting tooled up, mm-hmm. having knives, solving your problems through violence. You know, I mean, it, it's really interesting because I think if you look at the knife crime figures, you know, knife crime hasn't increased as such. It's more that it's sort of become glamorised. And I think even just the term knife crime, you know, or carrying a knife, you know, it almost glamorises actually carrying the knife because, as we know, knives should be in the kitchen, in the kitchen drawer, shouldn't they? So, also. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's really difficult, I think, locally in Bradford to know exactly how many people out there are carrying knives at the moment, and that, that is a very scary thing. Um, I'm coming back to you. The 27 feet um, tall knife angel has been unveiled. Um, why is the knife angel in Bradford? Yeah, so, uh, well, as you know, it's it's uh, the knife angel was created by Alfie Bradley, as you've already mentioned. Um, it's It's been doing a tour of um, the whole of the England. Um, you have to apply to for the, for the angel to actually come to the city, and um, it stays for a month. Um, it's all about prom- providing and promoting education, really, and also sort of promoting all the services that are around supporting people. Um, I think you know what we, I think. What's really clear, and I suppose the message that we're trying to put forward isn't that look, Bradford's got a really bad knife problem, which is you know a common misconception of the knife angel. It's more around um, look, this is a problem we need to solve, and it's about solving all forms of violence. It's about mm-hmm. renouncing violence in, in any shape or form, not just knife crime even though it's made of knives, you know, the, the message is just why, why we're using violence to solve our problems rather than um, knives. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that that's the sort of message. And obviously the Youth Justice Service are leading the project. Um, you know, a lot of work's been put into various different events to promote mm. um, education to young people and also to people of all ages as well. And that's mm. another really important point. It isn't just young people. Um, young people might be carrying knives, but, you know, people of all ages are using violence. Um, a lot of people get this wrong. James, I want to I want to ask you this question. Um, some people feel like um, knife crime is you just moving around with knife. How is that is that um, concept really right? What is what is what exactly is knife crime? Well, knife crime will be anything from being in possession of a knife. Obviously, you can, oh, you can be lawfully in possession of a knife, um, and for, if you've got a tradesman. Uh, for example, cutting carpets, you can have a knife lawfully. For certain religious reasons, you can have a knife uh, out in the public. When um, does it become a crime? It becomes a crime. Um, let's say just possession. Um, so even someone that can be in lawful possession at a certain time of the day when they're doing a job, but then let's say if a carpet fitter went, finished his shift and decided to spend all night in the pub with that weapon, um, then he'd be unlawfully in possession of that weapon because there's no lawful reason for him to be in possession at that time. Um, there's, there's been an actual change, relati- a relatively new change in the law, in that a lot of weapons, um, and they're very specific ones, um, like butterfly knives, um, flick knives, uh, knuckle dusters, 
um, mm -hmm. where they would have obviously been um, illegal to have it out in the public. Uh, the laws change now, so even in private, um, if we were to find pers a person in possession um, of of those weapons, they would uh, be committing an offence. But then, moving on from that briefly, any other offence can be aggravated by the use of a weapon. True, true. Um, I w I'm going to go to you, um, Alyssa. <laughs> The issue of knife crime in Bradford is a bit daunting. Like a lot of people would say, crimerate.co.uk would say that um, Bradford is very is part of maybe part of the dangerous cities in the UK. How true is this? Well, I, I mean, all all cities in the UK experience knife crime, and um, you know, Bradford is isn't the highest in the whole country. I know in in relative terms. It, might be a bit higher than, than some of the others. But I think I think the really important point that, that, that we heard before is that it only takes one crime, one event, one stabbing to cause absolute devastation mm -hmm. uh, to, to the family involved, in fact, to both families, the family of the perpetrator and, and obviously the family of the victim. So in a way, it doesn't really matter sure. if it's the... The city with the most or the least, because every single act of knife crime is, is appalling and devastating, has impact for many, many years. Sure, Michelle. How has, in your experience, how has this knife crime affected families that are involved? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I work at Bradford Youth Justice Service, and we have, um, you know, we have a lot of young people that are involved in various different offences, totally. um, for various different reasons. Um, along with that comes with um, them also being victims of various different offences. So it might be that um, you know they've 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 been involved in um, they've been a victim of a stabbing and then they've ended up being convicted of something else. You know, gang culture, etc. Um, you know, it might be that you know some of their friends have, have sadly been killed, um, whether that's by a knife mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. by a, you know vehicle crime or by just a, you know just an accident. Um, you know, it does. We see we see the devastating effects um, upon young people, and also then what then um, sort of leads them to their next choice of behaviour. I guess. Um, um. You know, we've lost. Um, it's quite significant actually in Bradford. We've lost quite a lot of young people in the last few years to varying different, um, you know, accidents, um, issues, offences, and it's it's just ultimately extremely sad um, and a complete waste of a life. Sad. Um, very sad. Yeah, um, James. <laughs> it just looks like I'm going like to everyone. I wanted us to be like <laughs> uh, James. For you, um, with your experience, what happens when someone is napped with a knife? Um, is just is there like a particular sentence? What do they go through? Um, and of course, with your experience, how many people do you see around? Like, what is the statistics for you of people that you get nabbed who have been moving around with knives? Um, well, the figures I can give you very briefly are, is it? And I think what's happening is um, um, with social media and the news, we've got we're much more heightened to what goes out there because mm. uh, on out there. So you can almost on on occasions get like through Yap App, you know, live footage of something that's going on. And all of these things and what you see um, on social media and the news and the internet can desensitise people to sure, and, sure. And, and make them more uh, worried about these things and more likely to be fearful when they're out there. But that's just the, the world we're living in today and something we're going to have to adapt to. 
Um, but in real terms, when we're taking away, you know, that misinformation that's often out there in the social media, um, we've actually got a reduction of 4% in knife offences. Oh, good. Um, and 14% since pre-COVID. So, good, no, we're in an improving position on this, but we need to keep going, you know, and we need it to work to together. Better. And this is where it's key, because this isn't something that police can solve on their own. We need key partners. We need to be all working together. Sure. And when I say key partners, I'm talking about the public. The public are key to this. You know, um, the public have got the information that we need where we can all act together, move together to make our society safer. And it's something that needs to happen. Um, and people need to be, feel more comfortable whether um, they give that information themselves and give their details or anonymously through Crime Stoppers. We need that information um, um, to, to stop this from happening. Just one person getting injured is, is too many, as I uh, alluded to before. But that's great news that, I mean, the, the, the crime rate has really reduced. Like you said, we just have to continue to get better. That's good news for us. Uh, Michelle, how is, this, how is Bradford compared to the rest of the country? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's, it's, it's always a difficult one, isn't it? Um, you know, I don't have any um, statistics here with me today. Of course. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't like to sort of, um, you know, guess at those. Um, I think, as we've heard, I mean, as James said, the, uh, you know, the, the knife crime locally since COVID has reduced significantly, um, you know, and it's, it's a good reduction and the, the key is to keep reducing that. And I think every every sort of town and city in the UK would, would you know, would agree with that. And, be, you know, everyone's working really hard to reduce knife crime and violence, um, you know, across the UK and every police constabulary, mm -hmm. you know, every youth justice service, True. Um, you know. I think what's been really good about the Knife Crime, sorry, Knife Angel project is, um, you know, being able to link in with other cities that have hosted the Knife Angel and mm. talk to them about the reductions and the impact that the projects have had, uh, particularly in Merseyside, um, you know, Gloucester, Milton Keynes, um, you know, just from hosting the Knife Angel for, you know, for a single month, they've seen um, significant impact, you know, in education packages, um, you know, in um, blended instrument um, offences, um, so I'm hoping that that will, you know, that will also be mirrored in Bradford as well and Bradford District as a whole. So I think, yeah, it's difficult to sort of compare. I don't want to create some sort of leaderboard that isn't, you know, it, it just as Alice mentioned before, I think it's it's really pertinent just to sort of think about the, you know, devastating mm. impact of one offence rather than looking at figures of because I guess, you know, one one story behind one knife is very different and you know to another. Um, I feel like this is um, my next question is um, I would like to get everyone's opinion on it because as a society, it would be nice to know like what steps and what things we can do to make it better, to make us reduce this crime rate. I'll start with you, Alessa. Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough question to answer, isn't it? Sure, it it's easy to sure, say things, sure, but trust me. to get inside the head of young people and to really know how to communicate with them in a way that they appreciate, I think, is, is what's really difficult for mm -hmm. us. I mean, I, I kind of want to put the message out there that there just isn't a value to carrying a knife. You know, I, you know, I guess if you stopped a kid with a knife, they would always say, "I'm not, I'm not planning to use it." Well, so why are you carrying it? You know, there, there just isn't a value to carrying it. And and the fact is that if they end up committing a crime, getting into an incident, it ruins their life as well as the victim's life as well. True. So so th there there is simply no logical reason for carrying it. 
Now, I don't know if I can persuade young people with that message. <laughs> the question is, what is the message that will Talk like a, a, a 15-year-old Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best. Just say grow, <laughs> grow and mush around these parts and you'll, you'll be fine, Alistair. I mean, what, one thing that I, I think would help is actually if people had more opportunity in terms of things to do outside of school. And if people felt mm, more respected and more valued as members of society, perhaps they wouldn't be looking for a way to big themselves up. And, you know, I'd just like to see more opportunities for kids, you know, 24-7, really. That's very key. Uh, Michelle, that's very key. I'm coming back to it. Yeah, I think just off the back of what Alyssa said as well, I think we one message that we try to promote in the justice services about carrying knives is that actually chances of that knife being used against you rather than you actually using it are quite high um so it's actually you know much safer not to carry the knife um you know the chances are you're gonna you know it could be used against you and we've we know there has been incidents of that across the uk um you know so i think that's a really important message as well it isn't just you know once that knife's in your pocket or down your sock or wherever they're putting it you know is the chances are that it could be used um that you know that you're not just in control of that knife someone else could be as well um i think for me, just in terms of your question, I think it's about education. I think, you know, and that comes in many forms. So in the Youth Justice Service, we're running, um, we're going into schools at the moment as part of the Knife Angel project. So, so far, um, since um, since the middle of last week, we've delivered um, a Knife Angel uh, special weapons awareness um, mm. assembly to over 6,000 oh, wow. children wow. across uh, Bradford uh, District. Um, we're also going to Keithley schools as well, the high schools. Uh, by the end of the month, we will have delivered this message, and it's about a 45-minute assembly, um, and it goes through, you know, it's a multi-agency assembly using NHS staff, police, um, and also youth justice staff, and it's just about educating young people about the dangers of knives, the legalities about knives, um, safety, how to respond if you're with somebody, you know, you're a bystander and you see someone being stabbed, how to respond medically, what to do, um, and also just to encourage people to talk to, you know, trusted adults, so in terms of that education, by the end of the month, we should have delivered to around 16,000 young people locally, oh, which is huge, huge. <laughs> yeah, it's the youth, youth engagement service that are delivering that project, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and they're, um, yeah, they sit under the Youth Justice Service in Bradford, which, is, which has been a um, wonderful part of the project and really impactful. So I guess it's, it's that education, isn't it? And I suppose... We've been, you know, we've been running um, weapons awareness, knife crime projects in the Youth Justice Service one to one as well for a very long time. But ultimately, as we know, when you know, when you're working in the criminal justice system, someone has to be ready to make that change and ready to listen. Sure. So you can, you know, we're going into schools great. These kids are sat there ready to listen and learn. But it's that it's that cohort of young people that aren't in school, isn't it? It's that cohort of people that are, you know, in vulnerable situations, mm. and we're trying to reach those people as well. And that's what the difficulty is. Um, so yeah, with lots of projects ongoing, as Alistair said, you know, um, trying to create more opportunities. But I think it's also around building young people's self-esteem. Um, you know, we've got um, we're running um, a professionals conference in a few weeks, and we've got an ex-gam member who's going to be talking. And one thing that he talks about a little bit is about you know the reason he used to carry a knife was because he had nothing to lose. Mm. When you've got nothing to lose, there's nowhere else to go. Um, and essentially, if you can build people's uh, self-esteem up. And have them more opportunities, more social capital, the rest of it. You will, um, you know, there's there's more to lose, um, and I guess it goes with that time curve, doesn't true. it? You know, so so yeah, education. 
big deal. Uh, let's, um, James, we're going to talk about um, policing tactics. As this tactics change because of this knife crime, um, the way you um, police, has it changed? Um, well, what I would say is um, that it's a partnership working element that's key in all this. Mm. Previously, the police would do their thing and use the criminal justice system to, to you know, say, we're going to punish you for this. Um, mm. But there's much more uh, joined-up partnership working now. Now, the Youth Justice Service, there's police officers that work oh, in there. Okay. We, we have a hub of... of, of and we, we draw together um, our resources to better uh, you know, try and address this, this situation generally. Um, and, you know, I've been privileged to be um, working with the Safe Task Force um, and going into schools and doing these inputs to, to students. Um, and, I, and I have seen and reviewed the crimes of these young people. You know, and it's very, like I said before, it's very rare that someone's going in with a weapon with the intention of doing anything with it. This fear, you know, when you, you've seen these kids and they're fearful of something that's going to happen to them and they're, they're, they're arming as a result of that, now, what's the answer to that? Is putting mm. them in front in front of a court? Is you know a judge or a magistrate? Is that what's going to solve it? I doubt mm -hmm. it. So this is where we've got this these different ways now that we never had before, of looking on a case by case basis at the uh, whoever's involved in it. As long as you're under eighteen, once you get to the age of eighteen, it's uh, yeah, you're going to court. <laughs> <laughs> but below eighteen, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're looking at that individual. We're looking mm. at the background. We're looking at everything, you know, and pulling in. Uh, so youth justice, social service, you know, looking at them as a person, looking what adverse childhood uh, experiences they've had and what is the best for them in terms of intervention work potentially. Mm. Might be caught, depending mm. on what they've done, mm. but it may well be. Um, we have inputs like uh, Behind the Blade where we try and undo that uh, mindset that's in that child's mm. head. And, you know, so going forward, they can contribute to society and not get involved in these things going forward and understand why it's important that they do that. So... Um, the options are there for us as police to link in with a, um, a, a panel of people to assist these young people in, in changing these behaviours. So things are, are better, much better than they used to be. Um, I think that's what I've been waiting to hear the entire time uh, because my question is, uh, or what comes to mind is, what now happens to a child or someone who's below 18 who... Um, always, who probably has always mentally sick or always mentally ill and unfortunately they are carrying it around maybe because of so many times it's, maybe they just they just have these thoughts in their head and to just feel like oh I'm not safe I need to take, go out with a knife or, or something to just keep myself safe I'm happy you said this that I mean there are a group of guys who would advise them and I mean, engage them. Is there something sort of like an engagement, it, Michelle? Is that what you do? Yeah, yeah, do you, absolutely. What what are what are the ways that you engage these young guys? How do you engage? Yeah, them? so so the way the service works is um, obviously if a young person's arrested, um, or, you know, for an offence, we got whether it's a knife offence or you know uh, carrying a knife or drugs or whatever it is, they would come through to um, the youth justice service either through the courts or through a police referral in. Um, mm. At that point, you know, we, we're very much a multi-agency service, uh, very similar to what, you know, what James is talking about. And it's, you know, we've got NHS staff, we've got um, probation officers, we have police, uh, we have speech and language therapists, we have CAMS workers. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a multitude of, of different supportive agencies. So what we tend to do is try and start at the lowest level possible and offer that support to 
try and improve that young person's life to try and make sure they're not going to offend again. That's the premise of what, you know, the youth justice service True. does. Obviously, considering how serious the offence is and the impact of, of that offence will depend on the sort of level of intervention that we will give that young person. Mm. Um, often we signpost to other agencies for support. Oh, we also yeah. have a parenting worker and we, um, you know, we work with the parents of these young people as well, depending on, you know, um, the young person's age and if the parents are willing. Um, you know, there's lots of support out there and there's lots of, lots of interventions that we can do. Um, we work with lots of children voluntary as well, uh, which is really positive. Um, you know, I think there's been funding cuts everywhere, as we know, in every agency possible. But I think, you know, once, once young people come into the Youth Justice Service, it is really positive that we can provide that support in many different ways. You know, That's and, good. Yeah, and, and just really help them. And I think the one, when, you, when James was talking before, I think one thing that sort of popped into my head was about, it's about just creating um, aspirations, isn't it, for young people. If, you know, if they don't have that esteem or they don't have... Um, you know, they don't feel they've got a positive future ahead of them. Let's give them something. Let's really try and, um, you know, make them feel like they're worthy in this world and, you know, they've got a, a bright future ahead of them. Because mm. if they feel like that, that I think that makes all the difference. Difference. Alessa, you were saying how the people can engage or we can engage these young people to do something outside school. Mm. I feel like the reason why so many students have failed or are not doing so well is because they just literally go come to school do their night to nine to five or nine to whatever time and you just go back home they don't necessarily engage in other things do you have some examples of things that you know that students can do outside yeah. school I mean, there, there, there are many examples across bradford of, of groups that are looking to support young people through sports activities for example mm. and at the university we're in, interacting a lot now with, with partners um, for, for for example, Bradford Park Avenue Football Club, oh. uh, and you know they they have a, a huge academy, and uh, when when the kids get older in their uh, and their training because they want to become real professional footballers, mm. they still have to be in education, and so they're mixing education and sport. sport. And we're starting to do that now with our outreach type of activities. So when we're supporting kids, for example, in English and Maths GCSE. Mm. We're also working with our partners to provide sports opportunities and drama opportunities mm. um, in our own theatre in the mill here. Is uh, at this? Do do students know about this? Because again, these things are available, and so many people don't know about it. How do you think that the university can even help to reach out to more people to be engaged? Well, I, I, I it's an incremental process. So okay. So this year we're working with uh, nearly 400 uh, school students oh, in, in, in YE11 in this way. Now, not that many of them this year are engaging in the sporting and the theatre activities we're putting on, but we're learning how to get them engaged every time we do it and getting better. And I'm sure next year we'll get much better engagement in it. Mm. Uh, we're largely working through the schools. Mm. We also work through the scouts as well, and we've engaged several hundred scouts this year in activities on campus for them to learn about opportunities in the university. And I, I guess the hope is that we're widening horizons and and helping kids to see that there's a life beyond their day-to-day -day life that they see on the estates and that there are exciting things out there for them to do and to help them understand that they are there for them, that they fit in these places, they can have good jobs. 
I think it would be also nice to encourage more unis and more like high school to also have more activities to engage us. I mean, it starts from when you're young. Trust me, a lot of people don't do this in the uni. They probably have had this idea from when they were very young and it just continues to grow and all of that. Um, James, um, this is almost my last question. Don't worry. <laughs> I know that, I mean, you've been working with the social justice. Is there, Are there more ways that you feel like um, they can also do better to partner because of course we always want to get better i like the fact that you said that the crime rate has reduced which is really good news um how more do you feel like the social justice can um or the youth justice sorry the youth justice can better improve to to uh, to allow better partnership for you guys well to be honest with you i'll be honest i can't really i mean there's always room for improvement but i think we're in a very good position you know, in the way that we're working together as a partnership. Um, but, you know, other, th other than what I said before about this better um, working together and, and looking to change lives at that young age, it's also just as important to, to, to know that there's consequence once you're an adult and you don't get the, the message and you choose to behave in these certain ways and uh, go out into the public armed with uh, weapons with a certain mindset. Um, and... Operation Gemlock is a fantastic example of West Yorkshire Police um, doing targeted uh, work. Officers who are, are just there solely to go out there mm. and deal with um, reported crimes, uh, instances of, of knife-related incidents, and also those people that we know from our intelligence picture build-up mm. who are involved in those uh, those crimes and, and carrying weapons in the public. No, they're doing fantastic work out there, uh, and we've got powers that we use and we, we use them carefully, uh, section 60 powers for example, um, and they can allow us to um, search anyone within a certain area um, in order to, if, if it reaches a certain threshold where we can you know, search people for weapons in certain circumstances. So we've got mm. the powers, you know, but this, like I say, wherever we're sitting on this, whether it's looking at youth and changing mindsets there or, or giving consequence, uh, West Yorkshire Police has improved, and I think you know the Knife Angel coming to Bradford is a great thing because it just gives us that focus. Um, and it's it's you know just for the example of this new this legislation that's changed. If we if we do it right uh, and we get that message out there, there'll be plenty of people out there thinking, "Well, I've got that stashed in my house. Um, <laughs> I'd like to get, to get rid, of it. rid of it. And now I thought I could have it in my own house, mm -mm. but I can't now. Mm. You no, know, so it's a good time to get rid of this mm. and we get." All, the more we get off the streets, the better. Um, so we'll be pushing that going forward, but Michelle. So what I'm getting out of this is, Michelle, we need to have the video. Because I remember going to YouTube and I said to myself, it'll be a good video to um, download and upload on our um, profile as a uni I was looking for a video that would... That, I mean, you spoke about the 45 minutes video. Um, the video that you play in every school. It'd be nice to have it like on socials so that every other person can watch it and so that we can be aware of the crime and all. So what what's next for Knife Angel? Where's Knife Angel going to next? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess for Bradford, in terms of Knife Angel, so it's it's, in, it's going to be at City, well, Centenary Square, City Park, until the 27th of April. Um, we've got several events on before um, the end of the month, um, which um, you know are all hopefully going to be um, impactful. Uh, we've got a professionals conference, as I mentioned before, and that's um, students are welcome to join that as well. Um, so I'll send you those links and you can share those um, on your socials. That would be wonderful. 
Um, so anyone who's interested, any student at all who's interested, um, you know, in the impact of um, crime or hearing about um, lived experience particularly, um, are, are welcome to join us for that. And that's on the 18th of April, 2 till 4 p.m. Um, we have um, several, as I mentioned, we're going into um, lots more schools, lots more assemblies. Um, one um, thing that, that I'm actually uh, working on at the moment is um, to create a Knife Angel Bradford and Anti-Violence Month Legacy Fund. So we're creating um, donations, we're collecting, sorry, donations online um, to really push that forward down at the Angel as well. We've got Youth Justice staff down at the Angel talking to the public every day, oh. um, getting, um, the, stopping the public and asking them to sign up to become an anti-violence champion. We're handing pens, badges, stickers, fuzzy bugs out as well. Uh, just really trying to engage the community. So that's going to be happening all month. Um, we've got a huge um, Scouts event happening on St George's Day and a big um, event up at the uh, cathedral and a, um, a vigil that uh, Bishop Toby's running at the cathedral as well. So that's really positive because obviously as well as, um, you know, promoting education, the point of the Knife Angel is to remember that, um, you know, lives have been lost as well. Um, you know, if anyone goes down to the Angel, they'll see there's um, a sign at the side of the Angel. Um, and it does show uh, pictures of the victims um, down there as well, that have, whose names have been inscribed on the angels' wings, sadly. So, you know, it's really important to get that message out as well. It isn't just, um, you know, education. It's about, um, you know, remembering um, those lives lost as well. Um, but in terms of the Legacy Fund, we hope to... Well, my plan is to um, hopefully create a day every year or even a couple of days every year uh, and run some Knife Angel Legacy events um, just to, and hopefully, potentially, once we um, gather weapons that have been handed in in the amnesty, to melt them down and hopefully make um, perhaps a mini sculpture. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a couple of sculptors locally that are keen to get involved in that, so that That's would be good. really positive. Very, very. Uh, yeah, so lots of planning to go on. Um, we're also looking at um, buying into a um, rounded knife swap, which um, involves, um, rather than using... Um, sharp knives, um, swapping knives in schools, placements, uh, social care, um, care homes, etc. to swap the, uh, you know, standard sharp knives for rounded knives. And there's a lot of research that proves that, you know, they don't cut through clothing and don't penetrate skin. So just to almost, you know, those last minute, oh, I'm just going to grab a knife out of that kitchen drawer and use it. You know, if we swap the knives to be rounded knives, it's, you know, it's, it's going to have, that's going to have, um, you know, a good impact. Um, and stop hopefully save a life and you know that's the aim sure. so so there's lots of lots of planned um things going on for the legacy fund um and then the angel will be making its way over to crew um <laughs> yeah so we're only on day three and i'm uh, i'm dreading the angel going because it's, it's just so great to have it here and yeah. um so positive so uh, yeah i hope the listeners will come come down and see us and have a chat with us yeah, very nice. Uh, that has been Michelle Boken, the team manager at the Bradford and District Youth Justice Service. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us about this. Thank you. I've also had Alessa Goldman. <laughs> He's a professor. Alessa literally just sent me an email. No, this does not make sense to me. Change this. Do this. <laughs> of course, he is a professor Sorry. of molecular <laughs> biology from the Faculty of Life Sciences, University uh, of Bradford. And, and can I say, from the Centre for Inclusion and Diversity, as well at the university. Ah, see? <laughs> <laughs> and James Preston, thank you so much for coming. I thought you were not going to do this because I was like, I always feel like security guys are always shy to talk. But I'm happy you did. Yay! Well, 
I'm an actual police officer. <laughs> I, I, I heard you say that you were knocked to one corner to say you have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm hoping that lots of people would definitely be a part of this. It's a big deal to have the Knife Angel in Bradford. Um, most importantly, um, to educate us, like you all rightfully said, to also remember that people have actually been victims. And of course, our heart goes out to their families also. Very sorry. It doesn't matter what year you lost your loved one. It's very, very significant that we celebrate them. And yes, thank you guys for having this discussion with me. Uh, we also hope to have a next podcast where we'll talk to families who have had, like, who have been, who've had victims of the knife crime very sadly and we'll do like a recap of this podcast and we'll put it out there also i will be waiting for the video uh, for the link so to add it to this video so that we can get more people to get involved the knife angel is at the bradford city center so just in case you've not seen it you have to find your way to the place and of course um engage with the team uh, members that are there of course thank you guys for coming on Thank, thank you. you. Thank you uh, my name is Cynthia, and of course, thank you so much for listening. Bye bye.